It's time. We are not called to be nice. Sandy Rios. Welcome, Sandy. Thanks for being here. We are often called to be confrontational. And here with me in D.C. is Fox News contributor Sandy Rios. You and you still like me or you or you don't like me, James? Are you okay? You all right? <laughs> I'm a musician. I can't help it. Uh, longtime Fox News contributor Sandy Rios, thanks very much for being with us. We have, I think it's four to one youth in America wants gay marriage. Our kids are the product of public schools. No wonder they poll the way they do. It's time to stand up or we're going to lose everything we have. Director of Governmental Affairs for the American Family Association. Step up, speak up, say something, do something. This isn't a game. This is real life. Sandy Rios is with the American Family Association. A pro-life radio talk show host. Some things are worth fighting for. Won't be a customary joint meeting of Congress for a foreign leader, but pretty close. Expect Zelensky to squeeze members to get planes and ammo. He also demands a no-fly zone. President Zelensky can rest assured that he will always have friends in Congress ready to listen, to stand in his corner. And we're honored to have him speak to us later this week. Fox is told Zelensky could criticize Congress for not helping him defend his nation. That's why he's taking his appeal directly to members. The GOP says that's because the Biden administration is standing in the way. Biden still doesn't get it on Ukraine. He doesn't want to give them the help. You know, they're, they're having this fight over the MiGs, and it's Poland's MiGs. It's not even American planes. Now, America would come behind and backfill NATO's planes that they would give to Ukraine, but Biden doesn't even want to help them with that. The White House downplayed suggestions that Zelensky was executing an end run around the administration. We speak frequently with President Zelensky. We're in touch with uh, Ukrainian government officials nearly every day. We'll all look forward to watching his speech on Wednesday. There is increasing bipartisan support in favor of transferring the MiGs. Lawmakers are also struggling with how the U.S. and NATO could enforce a no-fly zone without committing personnel to do so. All right, that was Chad Program of Fox News. And our uh, main thing I wanted you to hear, of course, is that Zelensky, the president of Ukraine, will be speaking uh, it's not a joint session of Congress. It's something else. They have some other category, category for it. Uh, but uh, if you look back, uh, there was an interesting article written this morning uh, for, in Fox News about other leaders who have spoken to Congress, like Winston Churchill. And they talked about how uh, this was during wartime. You may recall that the United States did not was not eager to get into that war in Europe. Uh, we'd fought in World War One, and people just were protective. It's not our interest. It's not our problem. And it took a, a couple of years of, um, well, maybe four years, actually, uh, for the Americans to get involved in the conflict. And part of that was because Winston Churchill came and spoke uh, to the members of Congress um, on December 26, 1941. That was after the bombing of Pearl Harbor. And again, uh, making his appeal uh, for help, and it changed everything. So it's possible that everything could change this morning. Um, but I just... Uh, a couple of other practical things, and then I want to talk about kind of the perspective here. Uh, Biden is announcing another billion dollars in military aid to Ukraine, and that's in addition to the 200 uh, that was uh, given to him in the in the uh, the huge mega 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 spending bill with all the other horrible things in it. Not really military hardware, just whatever, just so they can say they did it. I'm thinking, uh, and so. Here's another part of this. I, I, I don't even know where to start. I guess the the thing that I want to... I, this morning I printed out a lot of your correspondence to me, and I want to talk about that today because I think there's a ton of confusion. Well, 
Because I know there's a ton of confusion about what's happening with Russia, with Putin, with Zelensky, uh, with Biden, with oil, with what in the world. And this doesn't make sense. What's going on? And I don't, I, I don't claim to be able to sort all of this out for you, but I think I can um, sort some of it out. But you know what? Before I do that, how about let's have just something really interesting. There's no question that um, Zelensky has become certainly a, a folk hero to many people. Now, others... I think he's a pawn, and we'll say other things about him. But whatever you say about him, you cannot uh, escape the fact that he has a lot of courage, and he has stayed, you know, stayed right there in Ukraine and made some very stirring, beautiful speeches. And you probably know that he was a, a comedian entertainer in his past life. And perhaps you've heard this. I had not. I've heard of it, but I hadn't heard it. He and his wife Olena uh, were singers, performers, and they recorded. Uh, endless love. And I know this is silly, maybe, but also it's just in the context of how strange and surreal this all is. So I want you to hear a little bit of what they do. This is President Zelensky and his wife, Alina, who looks like she's about, you know, 14. She isn't. She's a, just a beautiful young Ukrainian girl. And uh, let's listen. It's a clip, clip one. Bye. There's only you in my life The only thing that's right My first love Your every breath that I take Your every step I make And how to share all my love with you, no one else will do, your eyes, your eyes, your eyes they tell me how much you you get a taste of that. Isn't that interesting? We should post that on our Getter page. Okay, but now here's here's what I want to say to you. Um, um, we, we view this through our Western eyes. Um, that does not define the moment uh, because it's... Uh, uh, because it's something, it's beautiful. I, and it, obviously the love between them is, is a beautiful thing and the way they've stood there and, and saved, um, kept their family in harm's way and refused to leave the country is a thing of admiration. These are the things that we can be sure about. And some of the other things we cannot be so sure about. And I want to try my best to explain some things as best I can. I want to just do that by sharing a couple of email that I've gotten from you. Uh, this is from Sandy. She says, with all due respect, you are falling for the propaganda. I'm not sure what propaganda she means, but I'm falling for it. And this is from... Um, uh, you know what? He doesn't give me an easy name. Hang on a second here. Oh, this is Dane. This is from Dane. He writes me a long email after I interviewed Trevor Loudon at CPAC about Ukraine. And um, he says, I, I see things differently. Very, re He's very respectful. Dane listens, and he, you know, he's a regular listener. But he said, uh, Trevor may be an expert on all things Russian, 
Uh, but he said, like Dick Cheney, George Bush, Colin Powell, Tony Blair, and Donald Rumsfeld were experts about weapons of mass destruction in Iraq. They may have extensive knowledge of relevant to their field, but that doesn't make them credible. I'm concerned that most of the world, and even Christendom, has been blinded with anti-Putin Russian propaganda. Putin's no choir boy, but neither is he an Adolf Hitler type, hell-bent on conquering the world and causing mass suffering. All the media types frothing at the mouth with hatred of Putin. Putin, they're the same ones that push the same COVID tyranny, the same globalist agenda, and the same propaganda pushing the absurd notion that January 6th was an insurrection. And I want to pause to say this is a very good point that Dana's making. It's true that one wonders, you know, why is it that, you know, Biden's people, Schumer, Pelosi, are, you know, falling over themselves to embrace Zelensky and demonize Putin. And why is the media doing that? And is there something we don't know? Does that mean that Putin is actually a really good guy? And Dane points out that he, others in these email, point out that uh, Putin has been sort of a champion of uh, uh, of uh, biblical roles, sexual roles against transgender, uh, advancing transgenderism and homosexuality. He certainly has been that. And that's been something that's resonated with uh, Christians in the West. So that those things are true, too. And then Dane goes on to talk about um, there's a, there's been a civil war in Ukraine, and that's true. Re- Ukraine has been divided by forces that are, are very loyal to Russia, and the old communist regime, and then the new uh, branch of Ukraines who are loyal to their country, Christians, conservatives, and they've been divided, and they've had like the last, before, my impression is, before Zelensky, oh, I can't even think of his name, we played a clip of him the other day, he's, he's in the battle right now as a commander, uh, the former president. Poroshenko, I think his name is, was very corrupt. Now, Zelensky, I don't know if he's corrupt or not. He really liked President Trump. Uh, and remember that Zelensky was the Ukrainian president that President Trump was <laughs> impeached over. You know, he was supposedly trying to uh, convince him. He was convincing him, trying to convince him to do an investigation um, about Hunter Biden's uh, business dealings, how the, the Biden family was making money hand over fist in Ukraine. Please investigate that. And uh, that's why they tried to impeach President Trump, and that was Zelensky. Uh, so uh, these are all true things, okay? So uh, then Dane goes on to say um, that these forces have been pushing this for war and narrative for decades. They've been propping Ukraine up for destruction, pressuring them to take action against evil Putin to bolster NATO's advancement toward the Russians. The U.S. didn't like the idea Soviet missiles stationed in Cuba. It's pretty hypocritical to then act like Putin should just say no problem to NATO's aggression and expansion towards Russian borders. Now, Dane, this is where you're off base in your understanding because um, let me just say you probably don't know this. I bet you're younger than I am. I'm getting guessing. Uh, but when we uh, when the Russians tried to build missiles in Cuba, uh, they were absolutely the aggressors and uh, uh, the the Premier at the time, Nikita Khrushchev, had just appeared in the UN taking off his shoe and banging the podium saying, we will bury you. He was talking to the United States. We were in a, a cold war, as it were, and uh, and um, Russia was very aggressive. It wasn't, it's not the same thing as NATO wanting to protect uh, countries uh, from Russia. You you don't probably don't have that perspective because you weren't alive during that time, but that, that part's not true. It's not equivalent, is what I'm trying to say. That's, there's not a moral equivalence there. 
But he said, uh, Dane closed this by saying there's more to say, but I think it and pray about it before we continue to prop up Zelensky as a hero and assume that Putin has no legitimate economic and geopolitical concerns in the region. Um, okay, so I guess the way, the best way for me to explain this is to say to you what I've said over and over again. First of all, this is not what it appears to be. There are many, many things going on here. We often think, especially as Christians, of things in terms of good and evil. Uh, we think of World War II as the bad Nazis killing the Jews, and we went to help them. And I have no problem with that. I, I, do, I kind of boil things down to a fight between good and evil, too. But I do also understand that the enemy manifested in lots of earthly enemies uh, there, it's much more subtle and weird than that. Certainly, you must know that a lot of really good people have some really private bad stuff about them. So things are not not as simple as they seem. I want to just uh, the, here's another email. Let me. Um, I have mentioned to you that certainly with the Russians and the old KGB, of which Putin was the head of the old KGB, they. It's not just a matter of one line of propaganda or one line of lies. It's a line of lies that are countered by another line of lies and a countered by another line of lies where it seems like there's three different viewpoints uh, fighting against each other that you don't know what to believe. It's a double, triple game. It's like playing chess, I guess. It's like um, uh, it, it's a mind game, and so you're never quite sure. So then that's why... To me, you have to distill down what we what we can know is true. And what we can know about Putin, I don't know, you know, I, I'm glad that he doesn't advance, uh, you know, transgenderism, that he's against homosexuality, but I'm not happy that he poisons his enemies. That's kind of a problem. Uh, I, and I'm not happy that he really is killing innocent people in Ukraine, even though some of you pushed back and said he's not attacking civilians, but he is. Uh, we just had a fox... Uh, people are being killed there. A Fox uh, cameraman was just killed yesterday, I and mean, you could say he's not targeting them, but war does that. He's killing children. And why? Ukraine did not provoke this. Um, and so Putin, you know, for all of his good stuff about uh, transgenderism and traditional moral values on sex, uh, does kill people. So you tell me, uh, you know, does that balance out? I sort of don't think so. I'm not done. Of course I'm not done. There's a lot more to say about this, so... Stay tuned. Sandy Rios in the morning on AFR Talk. Let's see. If something costs less, but people are happier with it, that sounds like something to look into, and that's MediShare. Maybe you've heard switching to MediShare to pay for health care can save the typical family 500 bucks a month, and that's huge. But it's also true that people are way more satisfied after making the switch, too. The customer satisfaction rate for MediShare is double that of the typical health insurance plan. Double. MediShare works. It's been around for more than a quarter century, and members have shared more than $3 billion of each other's bills. People love having telehealth and a huge nationwide PPO network. So, yeah, you can save a ton and like it better. Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. So if you're self-employed or part of the gig economy or you just want a plan you're happy with, you can call right now and get a price within two minutes a very, very smart use of two minutes. Here's the number you need. 833-44-BIBLE. That's 833-44-BIBLE. 833-44-BIBLE. This is Pause to Pray. 
a chance each day to stop down from the daily noise of life and pray for our country's leaders. Today, we pray for James Hirsch, Director of the Defense Security Cooperation Agency. His office works to advance U.S. defense and foreign policy interests by building the capacity of U.S. allies and partner nations to respond to shared challenges. Ecclesiastes 4.9 reminds us of the importance of cooperation. Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their toil. Right now, with this in mind, let's pray together. Almighty God, we ask for guidance for James Hirsch as he works to create a safer and more secure country and world. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Pause to Pray is the service of this station and the Presidential Prayer Team. Get your 2022 prayer guide and make this the year of prayer. Available now at pausetopray.org. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Stern. Stand by for news and commentary next. No matter your career goals, you want to find a university that provides excellent academics and state-of-the-art facilities at a price you can afford. At Liberty University, they believe a quality Christian education should be available to everyone. That's why they've frozen their tuition rates through the 2021-2022 academic year and offer multiple scholarships, like the Middle America Scholarship, to bring that price point even lower. Learn more by texting STARNS to the number 49596. USA Today's Woman of the Year is a man. Rachel Levine is the Assistant Secretary for Health and Human Services, the highest-ranking transgender person in the Biden administration. Mr. Levine is a man who thinks he's a woman. The 64-year-old is a trained pediatrician, one of several people named to USA Today's list of top ladies in America. During his leadership at the Pennsylvania Department of Health, Mr. Levine issued guidelines on how to have a safe orgy during COVID. Among his recommendations, limit the number of sexual partners, wear a face covering, and use hand sanitizer. It's behavior that would make the mayor of Sodom and Gomorrah blush. So to name Rachel Levine as USA Today's Woman of the Year is not only a mockery of God's word, it's also a perversion. My new book makes a great gift for biological moms, our daily biscuit, devotions with a drawl, available at toddstarns.com. Don't forget to connect with Sandy Rios in the morning on Getter or email Sandy at Sandy at AFR.net. That's Sandy at AFR.net. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. In Ukraine's capital of Kyiv, an escalation in Russian artillery attacks. Three dawn explosions hitting at least four buildings, including a 15-story apartment complex, triggering a huge fire and rescue effort. There was a howl and I watched out of the window, and the missiles crashed into the building, and all the windows were smashed. Officials say dozens of residents were killed in the attacks as Russia repositions its forces and slowly gains new ground. The worst thing is that children are dying. They haven't lived their lives, and they have already seen this. This is the worst. Despite security dangers, the prime ministers of Poland, the Czech Republic, and Slovenia went by train to meet with Ukrainian President Zelensky in Kyiv, a visit not sanctioned by the European Union. Ukraine will be presented with a whole package of concrete support by the other leaders. Zelensky will address Congress virtually on Wednesday. He's expected to call for more aid and a no-fly zone. Our friend, Volodymyr Zelensky. He spoke to Canada's parliament today. We are not asking for much. We're asking for justice, for real support. Meanwhile, peace talks have resumed, with a proposed ceasefire and humanitarian corridors discussed. 
Ukraine says new aid efforts are planned, including for hard-hit Mariupol in the south. The city reports 2,000 cars have left. The UN says there have been about 700 Ukrainian civilian casualties, the real number thought to be higher. And Ukraine admits 1,300 of its soldiers have been killed. Here in Lviv, four were given a solemn funeral. As Lviv Mayor Andrei Sotovy told us, with some help, they can win. I am optimist. I believe in our victory. Uh, if we uh, received more military, we very fast fight to Russia aggressor. The mayor continued, I have only my land, my country, my city. I will fight to my last drop of blood. Strong words, strong emotions felt across this country today among a lot of people. From Fox, so what else is true here? Well, what else is true is there are some wonderful people in Ukraine who love their country. There are some strong Christians. That's true. Uh, there's some tr- incredible patriotism being displayed, and that just stirs our hearts. That's true. Um, uh, Zelensky, who is going to speak for our Congress this morning, you know, I played a little bit of the song he recorded with his wife. He has just been a heroic figure. He's also part of or praised by the World Economic Forum. So when you hear uh, the the, uh, the the president of Canada, uh, when you hear Justin Trudeau praising him, it's like, that's strange, isn't it? Justin Trudeau is like a totalitarian. Why would he? Well, because, you know, World Economic Forum ties. So that's also true. So what do you do with that? Um, so I have, a, this is from Joe. He says, I don't want to just jump whole hog on the hate Putin bandwagon. Our media seems to have demonized Putin for a long time, uh, not just because of him being a bad guy, but because he's been opposing the promotion of the LGBTQ wokest agenda. Uh, and he doesn't like wokest culture coming closer to Russia. So let me jump in there because we talked about the LGBTQ thing, and I I think that, yes, he has pushed back on that, but but he likes, he kill he poisons his enemies. He's brutal. That's also true. And um, on the wokest agenda, the interesting thing about it is uh, what Putin made this comment, and it's true that what the the woke, the control of speech, the control of words that you can use, the canceling, all of that—that's that's Russia. That's the old Soviet Russia, where he was the head of the enforcers of that system, Vladimir Putin. So I don't know that he's so shocked by anything woke around, you know, uh, the Western world. It's just he's shocked that it's happening here, and are kind of interested in that. So just be careful. That might that part might not be true. And then this is from Mike. Mike is a, is a, a former soldier. He said, I uh, did three combat tours. I know war. I also know propaganda. I spent a year in Korea prior to the Olympics, Desert Storm, Iraq free, Iraqi freedom. There's a big difference with what's happening on the ground and what's being reported, even by trusted sources. And I know that's absolutely true, Mike. That's absolutely true. Uh, and I'm hoping to bring some clarity, but I'm not sure I'm going to be able to, but I'm praying that God will help me to do that. Uh, he said that the deep states state knows no bo- broader, no border or loyalty to country. Oh no, I think that's true. They certainly don't have a loyalty to our country, and so well, how do we know? I don't really. That's probably part of the reason why I have not engaged in a twenty four seven 
uh, news watching and gathering on what's going on in that conflict because I listen with a, a jaded perspective and with skepticism. And so um, I really do, rarely. I, I watch, I've found One American News to be my favorite outlet right now. I don't know. I like Newsmax too. Uh, Fox, I'm not so, you know, they, they do some good things. There are some nuggets, and I'm grateful for them. But for the most part, I don't listen to them. And you do have to listen with skepticism. Uh, but um, I don't know that, you know, uh, Mike goes through and, and talks about the reasons why Putin, according to his um, the people on his side, why that he might be justified in going in because maybe there are Nazis who are using Ukraine, uh, the Ukrainian people as shields and all of these, the bioweapons, that he doesn't want to come into Russia. Those are some of the reasons given for Putin uh, going into uh, Ukraine. But, Mike, I just, when we try to figure out what's true, this is what I would, this is my perspective on this. Uh, look at Russian soldiers who are just so unhappy. Well, not all of them, but many of them are really unhappy about um, fighting in Ukraine and refusing. One of the generals that, uh, I don't know if he surrendered or was captured, and he gave a speech. He said, I'm, I'm embarrassed. I don't want to do this. This is wrong. We, these are our brothers. We, cannot, we can't do what we're doing to the Ukrainian people. Um, and then you see people, there were pretty big protests in Russia. People are not down with what he's doing. If it's such a righteous cause, of course, I know that's an argument with, that you can drive a truck through, but there are indications that in Russia, people don't see it the way the people who are making an excuse for Putin's um, uh, invasion of Ukraine are making it. Now, you know, and what kind of nice guy goes in with all this military operation to a country that's not fighting him? Aren't there diplomatic ways in a Western and post-war, you know, the post-war world, post-World War world, uh, no negotiations, just just brute force? I don't know. I just think you can't defend that. And, and again, privately, we know that he is a killer. But I don't think he's the only villain here at all, by any means. Uh, in fact, let me make my case here. So that takes me to the Biden administration. So... The Biden administration is, you know, you know, acting as though they're helping Zelensky. And and if you've been paying attention, it's not hard to pick up that they haven't given them any real help. They goaded, goaded, goaded in the weeks following. They goaded Putin and um, kind of encouraged him and then did nothing and told him up front they would not uh, go in, would not send troops in. They would not send planes in. They wouldn't, uh, you know, impose a no-fly zone. Uh, but they would, you know, give humanitarian aid to the Ukrainians, and they would give, you know, some arms. And then they prevented Poland from giving of uh, planes, from uh, letting the Ukrainians have these planes that would help to patrol their airspace. How do you explain all that? Well, this is how I explain it. I was talking to my husband yesterday about this, and to me, um, the only way you can explain the next thing I'm going to say to you is to understand and that the people that are surrounding Joe Biden, and Joe Biden is complicit, so I don't excuse him at all. I don't think he ever was a moderate. I think he was really not a very smart, but he was always mean. He was always mean, and he never had a moral compass. Okay, so just know that. He may have dementia now, but he's just kind of manifesting the things he always was. Uh, so, um, But the people around him who are really driving this and understand all the layers of this stuff are out of their minds when it comes to global warming, climate change, electric cars, alternate sources of, look what John Kerry said. He's the czar for this. Uh, he said something about, you know, these are climate refugees in Ukraine. They are crazy. They are 
I can't think of nice words. I can't think of nice words that express my strong feelings. They are out of their loving minds. And this is the next thing they're going to grind us down with. And their goal is, and look at the, the World Economic Forum has put this down on paper, that there will be, you will not have a car that you can drive. There will be no coal power. You will not be able to heat your home in the same way. You will not be able to get around because they don't want you to be able to leave your home. You will be poor, they say, the World Economic Forum, and you won't have anything and you'll be happy. That's one of their main goals. They want to destroy the lives of people around the globe. They do not want you to be able to heat your home or cool your home the way you have uh, been accustomed to in this country anyway, because they want to control you by eradicating your source of energy and your source of transportation, your source of freedom, your ability to you know, have a different kind of life. I, this is really the issue. And believe it or not, this means more to them than whatever is happening in Ukraine. What's happening in Ukraine with Russia is wonderful for them because it gives them a perfect excuse to have gas prices go up to $7 a gallon in California and to deprive you of your livelihood and to shut down the industry. Meanwhile, you're heralding these electric cars, which you understand are run by batteries. Batteries are stored power. Where do you think they get that power they get it from the traditional sources of energy. It is just this big, perfect storm. And if you don't believe me, I've been saying this, but now here's the, here's the title of an article in Fox News. Biden's climate agenda created the perfect storm for Putin. Biden's capitulation to the left on green energy created the perfect storm for Russia's Vladimir Putin to invade Ukraine. Green groups are celebrating the president's comments last week that clean energy is the answer to ending the country's reliance on foreign oil after he banned imports of Russian oil and gas in an effort to weaken Putin. And then let me just read this next title here. Uh, House Democrats want Biden to declare national climate emergency and ban oil drilling on federal lands. Now, he's already banned drilling on private. There's just no, nothing going on. That's why you can't get gas. That's why the supply system is broken down. And they think they can get away with blaming it on Putin. That's why it's the perfect cover. They can do more than one thing at once. And if you think that I'm crazy by telling you that they are more concerned, this is like this is like they're they're salivating at this great opportunity. Yes, let Putin invade Ukraine, and then we'll get mad. We'll stop, you know, importing his oil, and then uh, the cost of gasoline will rise so much that people will have to park their cars, and they'll be desperate. And that's the way we want them, and we're never going to pull it back. We will never change this. And I'm guaranteeing you, as long as Joe Biden is in office, and we have what two and a half more years of this, if we survive. Two and a half more years. Um, we'd. Ha I don't. I didn't even have the answer to that. Let me just say this is a happy place for them. And if you don't believe me that this is an, a priority more than the war and the loss of life, they don't care about that. Uh, think about our military. Think about the the emphasis that they're placing on. Climate change is our number one enemy. They said, oh, Barack Obama, they said that under his administration, and we really all thought they were crazy then and kind of laughed, you know, laughed at those silly people. But I guarantee you that is exactly where they, it's climate change. That's our number one enemy. 
So the the army's learning, you know, how to wield their swords and their fate, you know, launch their cannons at uh, climate at storms and climate change because we have to stop this. But it's just, it is a twisted, perverse, dark, wicked thing that's happening. Putin is not all bad. He's certainly not good. And Zelensky, we have yet to see. I think, you know, he's part of the World Economic Forum. So right now we're seeing the heroic parts of him, and I love that. It's it, They're true. They're real. They're genuine. Uh, the, but uh, the, the war is not, it's not a clean. It's not like Korea when we went in to defend them from the Chinese communists invading, and we tried to stop that, or Vietnam, same thing. This is not nearly so clear. And uh, the world is in turmoil because we have uh, people that are absolutely radical and crazy running the show. And we, I, I don't, honestly, I do believe, because I do trust God, <clears throat> that there's always hope. <clears throat> there is always hope because, uh, you know, God hears the prayers of his people. And the, the counter to this is we know that God is at work in these nations uh, someone, uh, one of you sent me um, uh, several news stories from uh, uh, Voice of the Martyrs about what God's doing all over the globe with Christians, and that's something I hardly talk about to you, but it's true that God is showing himself in powerful ways in Ukraine, but also in Africa, in all of the nations of the world. God is calling his people. He's quickening our hearts. You know, we've known there's there, there was going to be a time when the world would go into chaos and we would be approaching the end. Now, it, it could it could be that this is not, this could be just rehearsal for that. So what do we do? Well, our marching orders are that we be faithful. We remain faithful. Uh, but I also, uh, in the process of that, you have to be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. Um, that doesn't mean you can't believe in anything. I think there are lots of things. I There are wonderful people in Washington. I know you know, ton of them. I bring them to this radio show, to this mic, who are genuine and sincere, fighting. And God is at work in their lives. And that's the good part. And that's the true part. <laughs> uh, but the rest of it is kind of a big muddle. And um, so just be wary, okay? I'm trying to tell you the things you can be sure of. You can be sure they're trying to destroy our energy industry so that you cannot drive. They're trying to make you poor. They don't care. Uh, it's, a, it's a power game that they're, they're working on. They've been very successful. They're going to move into using climate change as the next control mechanism for us, uh, which leads me now to COVID because we have not talked about that in a while. And I have a lot of email from you about what you're experiencing. And then I have a lot of news stories too. Just listen, don't be discouraged. We, we are not to live, as Paul said, as people without hope. We have a living hope, a living hope. A never-ending source because we know who wins. Sandy Rios in the morning. Are you in need of hope, encouragement, and the love of God? I'm Pastor Salem. I'd like to invite you to join us for the Christian Worship Hour. For decades, I've been teaching the Word of God so that people everywhere can experience the love and power of a personal relationship with our Lord. Tune into this station this weekend and prepare to be blessed and encouraged by another life-changing message. Learn more about our program at ChristianWorshipHour.com. Oh, Lord, please let me make it. Please, Lord. Come on, come on. American Family Association or American Family Radio. I missed the show again. Can't find the time to catch the live shows? No worries. Wait, what? You can listen and download all your favorite shows for free. For free? That's right, for free. 
Just visit the podcast page on AFR.net. Lord. AFR.net. Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. According to the most recent reports provided by the Center for Disease Control and Prevention, researchers looked at fertility rates for women of all age groups and ethnicities and found the nationwide rate was 16% lower than what is needed for a population to replace itself. There has been much discussion about the demographic winter in various European countries. Well, that demographic winter has reached the United States. The first command God gave mankind in Scripture was be fruitful. But man has the penchant to fancy his own ways over God's. Rejecting God's ways always carries severe consequences. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. Hi, this is Steve Tiber with 8 Days of Hope. As many of you know, Hurricane Ida devastated Louisiana in August, making landfall as a Category 4 hurricane, leaving thousands of families in need of hope. Do you know it's been three years since 8 Days of Hope deployed on a rebuilding trip where we help hundreds of families rebuild their homes for free? But today I've got some exciting news. We're announcing that 8 Days of Hope 17 is going to take place in Laplace, Louisiana from April 9th through the 16th, bringing hope to those who are feeling hopeless. We're going to be doing roofing and drywall painting and so much more. If you'd love to use your gifts to serve those in need, go to our website, 8daysofhope.com. As always, it's free to volunteer with us. Food and lodging are provided. And again, if you're looking to be the hands and feet of Jesus, join us in April when we go to Laplace, Louisiana during 8 Days of Hope 17. Again, for more information about this outreach or any arm of the ministry, go to 8daysofhope.com. That's 8daysofhope.com. This is Frank Gaffney with the Secure Freedom Minute. Donald Trump promised we are going to get tired of winning. Now I, for one, am tired of America losing. The latest in a long and growing list of losses devastating our national prestige, honor, prosperity, and other vital interests is the reported deal whereby Communist China will begin buying Saudi oil in its currency, not dollars. That would be an ominous milestone in the transformation of the PRC into the world's hegemon, whose protection and economic ties nations find more reliable and necessary than ours. A hard reality must now be confronted. The cumulative effect of the wrecking operation the Biden-Harris administration has conducted is a pattern of wins for our mortal enemy, the Chinese Communist Party. There's no sign that its dictator Xi Jinping has gotten tired of winning or that Team Biden is going to stop helping him do so. This is Frank Gaffney. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. If life were just about Little League Baseball, Cyrus McNichol would have it good. Because it's fun and I get to hang out with my friends a lot. But the 12-year-old's journey to Cooperstown hasn't come without obstacles. Cyrus, is, he was born in kidney failure, has been in stage four, and in this last December, they finally moved him over to stage five where he needed his transplant. His dad has been trying to get him on the transplant list through Primary Children's Hospital, and there's been one giant snag. Said he's a, he's a great candidate for a transplant. The only thing holding you up is one vaccine. The vaccine, the COVID-19 vaccine. The McNichols say they have concerns about it. 
stemming from a history of heart problems in their family, as well as other health questions. If you're vaccinated or not vaccinated, what's the rejection difference between the two? The family has been given March 10th as a drop-dead deadline to decide to get Cyrus vaccinated. They don't want to do it, but they say there are no good options, including starting the process over or turning to dialysis at a very young age. It goes back to how long can his kidney function last because he's floating between 18 and 20 percent and who knows when it'll crash in a statement the hospital says because transplantation requires patients to be on immunosuppression medication for much of their lives and significantly raises the risk to transmissible viruses it is vital for patients to be as protected as possible and to comply with all vaccine requirements before they can be added to the transplant wait list it's very frustrating on a parent's end. Dad says his son's health is his only priority. My wife has already had a transplant and stuff like that, so she hasn't had hers either. and We're doing just fine. They're hoping for a positive resolution with time and options waning. It's not looking like the hospital's going to change their mind anytime soon. Yeah, so uh, I just wanted to play. That's happening all over the country where people are still being denied uh, you know, organs, transplants, because they're not vaccinated. And that brings us, of course, to Deborah Doster, our listener. Hi, Debbie. <laughs> she said she listens every morning. And we did. We uh, had quite the experience with Deborah at uh, Vanderbilt. And she is, I want to report, uh, she was on their kidney transplant list. They removed her because she would not take the vaccination. And uh, as a result, I think, of lobbying really hard and exposing what they were doing, she's back on the list and she's just waiting for that perfect match. And so I wanted you to know that about Debbie. And um, so the problem continues, doesn't it? Uh, even though, you know, COVID, signs of COVID have just almost disappeared, really. Uh, the the uh, administration is still insisting that we, you know, wear masks when we do public transportation, I think through April 16th. I have, let me just say, I have a lot of things I want to tell you now in a very short time, okay? So Maybe I shouldn't do this, but I guess I feel it's better. I'll try to make it as clear as I can, so fasten your seatbelts, okay? This is from Peggy. She writes me, my niece had a miscarriage after taking the vaccines. Do you think that could have been the reason? And the answer is yes, Peggy. It could have been the reason. I don't know, but we know that it is increasing miscarriages and stillbirths and all of that. So um, I don't know how you get to the bottom of it, but yes, it could very well be the reason for it. Akira writes us, and she said that she ordered ivermectin from overseas. She spent $200, uh, and then she gets this notice from the post office uh, that they were confiscating it, and uh, if uh, if they had to dispose of it, uh, they she was going to have to pay, pay for disposing it, and they didn't compensate her in any way. They told her that, um, let's see, I read that some of this is cut off, so it's a little hard for me to read it to you, but I'm going to try here. A mail shipment addressed to you from a foreign country is being held by the post office, something, 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 from the Food and Drug Administration. And it says, um, examination of the following articles has been made, and FDA has determined that these uh, medications are not in compliance, compliance with the requirements of the law, as indicated below. Because they're not in compliance and are valued at $2,500 or less, they are subject to refusal of admission. And uh, it goes on and on and on and on. And she's pretty upset, and I don't blame her. She said, I guess the U.S. Constitution really does not protect me from said government unwarranted searches and seizures, seizures of my personal property. 
uh, and nor does the government have any sense of reimbursement and reparation when it's just. She said, uh, like, how how about they pay me back my $200, and how about they mind their business and quit watching out for my safety? Uh, And um, I don't blame her. Uh, It's just amazing. That is what the government is doing, and there's got to be some recourse for that. I don't know if they're—I know that I've heard of that happening before, but now we have a listener, Kira, who it's happened to. And ironically, Kira, this might be something you could use uh, if you really wanted to take this to the mat. This is a new study. Uh, The Epoch Times reported this. It's a study coming out of uh, Cornell University. And they show that out of—they list something, I'm guessing, like 10 drugs here. They tested their effectiveness on the virus, and uh, hands down, ivermectin was the most effective treatment against uh, COVID, the COVID virus. Um, and it said the test included uh, Nerma Traveler Paxlovid, which is the new, the new medication that the FDA approved on emergency use authorization. So, but the Pfizer drug. It costs it costs the taxpayers five point twenty nine billion dollars, or cost you five hundred and twenty nine dollars per course of treatment. Uh, while the ivermectin is costs about forty eight to ninety five dollars for twenty pills, depending on your location, and it's not as effective, according to this study from uh, from Cornell. And that's by the way, new study confirms ivermectin outperforms other options. Adam, please let's put that on our getter page. But that leads me to this next series of stories. Doctors sound alarm. FOIA requested documents reveal thousands of adverse events and 1,291 side effects from Pfizer's COVID jab. New documents released after doctors, professors, and journalists filed a Freedom of Information request with the Food and Drug Administration have uncovered 158,000 adverse events related to Pfizer COVID jabs. Released after a federal judge in Texas ordered the FDA to make public the data it relied on the license Pfizer's COVID vaccine, the documents list 1,291 vaccine side effects. Uh, This is the first time the public are allowed to access the data Pfizer submitted to the FDA from its clinical trials in support of a COVID-19 vaccine license. And, of course, when they applied, uh, they were aware, according to this article in um, uh, this, uh, this article is from a, an outlet called Involve. Um, they were aware, Pfizer was, of almost 158,000 adverse events from their vac- vaccine, and they requested that the documents saying so remain sealed for 75 years. And uh, uh, this, there are several injuries, kidney, uh, myelitis, anti-sperm, antibody positive, brain stem embolism, thrombosis, cardiac failure, cardiac arrest, uh, encephalitis of the brainstem, epileptic psychosis, facial paralysis. I'm reading. I'm picking. There's a, like it's probably thirty, maybe thirty at least. I'd say on this stillbirth, liver injury, myocarditis, pancreatitis, type one diabetes. These are just some of the things uh, that they're finding. And this is from Pfizer. And so, Pfizer, by the way, had a really good year. Uh, they made about thirty-seven billion dollars in sales from COVID vaccines last year. Uh, one of the most profitable items, making COVID vaccines one of the most profitable items in history. This year is expected to be another banner year with COVID-19 drug Paxlovid providing a significant boost. Pfizer's entire sales doubled to $81.3 billion in 2021 
and it intends to break records of $98 billion and $102 billion in 2022. And by the way, the Pfizer CEO is now announcing there's a fourth dose, and it's necessary. So um, that's kind of like a walk around some very uh, thick information. Now, um, I want to I move to this. There's a doctor named James Olson. He's the genetic engin- he is a, a doctor in genetic engineering with Johns Hopkins. This is what he tweeted just this week. In the past week or two, cricket player Shane Warren is dead at 52 of a heart attack. Australian Labor Senator Kimberly Kitching is dead suddenly from a suspected heart attack at 52. Model Haley Bieber had a blood clot to the brain at 25. And then he said, no wonder life insurance CEOs are in panic mode. Which brings me to this. This is an article by Daniel Horowitz. The title just says VIRS. VIRS is that reporting system, and the voluntary reporting system that's not complete, but it gives you a window into the kind of people being uh, dying and being injured from the, vi- the vaccine. VAERS uh, myocarditis already 47% of 2021 in just the first two months of 2022. So reports of myocarditis and pericarditis are so prevalent now that just in the first eight weeks, eight weeks of 2022, those reports are already at 47% of the total VAERS submissions for 2021. There's a lot more to that story. It's uh, We should put that, this is VAERS myocarditis already 47% of 2021, and this is in uh, The Blaze. So we'll put that on our Facebook page. Now, some uh, good things. Senator Paul has unveiled a measure to eliminate Dr. Fauci's position. I don't have time to explain that, but that happened in the Senate, I think, yesterday. The Senate voted yesterday to repeal the CDC mask mandate for public transportation. And as a matter of fact, interestingly enough, eight eight, uh, Democrats broke with their party to vote. Uh, for the to stop those mandates, and Senator Mitt Romney jumped ship and voted with the Democrats to keep them in place. Just so you know. So, um, and then one last one on COVID here: the the true global COVID nineteen death toll is estimated to be three times higher than what was reported. And what they did was they studied the difference between death rates in countries around the world, like the average of a certain year. And they noticed that this, there was a huge increase in the number of deaths worldwide, country by country. And using that, they've estimated that three times the number of people then reported have died from COVID-19. Now, I don't know if that's that's probably a combination. I can't get into the weeds of that right now, of uh, that people that have taken the vaccine and had adverse reactions and people who've had side effects and had COVID. So now some miscellaneous things from you. Um, this is from a- Angie. She said, I listen to you almost daily. Uh, I heard you talk about Matt Schlapp. I thought you were going to address the allegations of him taking dark money for CPAC, but you were defending him regarding the transgender swimmer. I wouldn't have thought so much except you uh, you openly share your admiration for him. If this is true about him taking money, it concerns me. Uh, Angie, uh, Matt is my guest Friday. We will have a long conversation about all those accusations against him, including Soros, including the accusation about his uh, def- saying that there, we should show compassion to the swimmer, Leah Thomas, and other accusations that they're they're going after him for. So you're going to hear me discuss it with Matt, and, and I think that will help a lot. I don't ever run for controversy. I, if, I, if there's something controversial in my world, I usually take it on. So that's <laughs> Matt knows that too. We, 
He knows I ask him the hard questions, so you'll want to tune in Friday and hear his response. This is from Tucker Trucker Dave Ellis. From, uh, he's from Hammond, New York. He said, I love fellowshipping together with you and other believers on your daily AFR show. I was saddened to hear you report on the death by suicide of Matthew Perna, one of the several hundred Trump supporters being persecuted and prosecuted for entering the People's House on January the 6th. And then he goes on and writes eloquently, I wish time permitted, but he wonders he wonders out loud with me on paper here what, what would have happened if he had been able to he had to drive his truck for various reasons during that time, but he did want to go on January 6th, but he couldn't. Would he have gone to the Capitol? Would he have been inside? What would he have done? And how would he have responded? And would he have been, he said, if I had been arrested, would I have summoned the courage and strength that my God provides to withstand the stress of incarceration for months on end? Those questions remain unanswered. Life over the road is stressful enough. And the last six weeks have been rough as I lost my mother and my last uncle. And then I caught uh, Omicron, but we soldier on. God bless the work that you do. Dave, a shout out to you. God bless you as you ride alone in that truck. Uh, You're just doing good work because God's working in you, just teaching you and transforming your heart. And it's uh, so don't ever give up, you know, just don't (laughs) because we serve a wonderful God and he's going to show himself. I can you imagine when the shout of the archangel comes and the the dead in Christ rise? Can you imagine that moment? I can. It gives me chills to even mention it. So, all right, a couple of more things. Uh, Someone sent me this. uh, It looks like DuckDuckGo has uh, decided it's going to start censoring uh, things like Gateway Pundit. So DuckDuckGo has really now reduced itself to the, uh, the the level of Google's, just so you know, if you hadn't noticed it already. Where's the safe one, search engine? I can't tell you right now. I don't know. I'm just telling you, just nothing is really safe online. That's all I can say. This is from another a trucker named Jock. He writes pretty often. He said, lots of fight in us all. Direction is becoming clear to me that the body that we are, that we must look to Jesus. He is our head. We are the members. Obey in his walk and teachings and lean not on our own understanding. I love that. Okay, I'm out of time. (laughs) Thanks for listening. It's just uh, always a pleasure. You guys honor me. You honor me. Thank you for listening. Sandy Rios in the morning on AFR Talk. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.